And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 231 of the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome to the show. And we're back. Yeah, after a, a three and a half month hiatus, we have returned as promised. And we're back, uh, hopefully, to our normal schedule, uh, you know, more or less every week. Yeah, so pretty cool, huh? And I must say that it was quite an adventure and not always in a good way. Uh, the thousand mile uh, hike on foot that I had been planning turned into uh, 64 miles on foot in the first five days. And then I injured myself, unfortunately, and had to get a car. I was still able to complete the trip, but with the help of a car, and I, I did, in fact, geocache my way from Lanza to Johnny Groats, but not using the, the method that I had originally intended. It was, so that's a little bit of a disappointment. But, you know, if I had uh, continued to walk, I probably would have done permanent damage to my knee and uh, didn't want that either. So it's just one of those things that you just have to deal with and, and carry on, I guess. So while I was gone, of course, there was a rush of information about the Thor movie coming out. Um, you know, I think that it's been covered pretty sufficiently on Facebook. If you go to our Facebook group, Manuel and others have done really well at, at posting these updates to uh, you know Thor Ragnarok and the various people who are going to be in it. Uh, we have you know confirmation that we're going to have Hela, we're going to have the Hulk, we might have Spider-Man. There, there may be a whole bunch of characters in, in Thor Ragnarok that... Uh, you know, have not been expected. And, and I guess we have some uh, informal confirmation that, that the Planet Hulk scenario may be played out as well. So a lot of news on the Thor front, but uh, not that I can really talk about again, because once again, it's, it's all speculation. So you know, what's been confirmed has been confirmed, but unfortunately I'm not a very good news source, am I? Especially since I've been really out of the loop. I, I really haven't been paying any attention to... Uh, the various news stories and such while I was in the UK. Part of that was just a lack of, of time, uh, but part of it was also that I was busy following other things. Now, speaking of movies, I actually saw one of the geeky movies, and, and normally I'm the last person to see all these things, but Pete and I actually went this past weekend to go see the Warcraft movie. Now, of course, you know, we've been fans of the you know, World of Warcraft MMO. Pete still is an active player. I'm a a very inactive player of the MMO right now, but we did go see the uh, new movie the other day. And, uh, you know, if I were a stickler for the lore of the game, which I'm really not, then I probably would have been terribly disappointed by it. But I will tell you, I don't care about the lore of the game. I never have really followed the lore of the game. It has not really been that important to me other than on the most superficial level of knowing who the important characters in the game are 
and knowing when certain scenarios happen that this is supposed to be this person and this is what they do. Anyway, the uh, the story of the movie is a was a very abridged and somewhat altered version of the story from Warcraft, the the original video game, not World of Warcraft, but the first Warcraft, which was then of course uh, followed by Warcraft two and three. Yeah, it, it's a pretty movie to look at. It's it's absolutely gorgeous movie to look at. I feel like they got a lot of things very right about this film. A lot of things that are very true to the game. A lot of things that are very true to what came after. I thought that uh, you know the, the characters were recognizable as the characters from the game. I think they did a pretty good job of characterization. Um, a lot of unknown actors in the movie that uh, I think did a, a, a bang-up job as far as what they were given. I, what, what they were given, though, I don't think was all that great. You know, the, the script I thought was a bit weak. Uh, the acting was well. You know, it was is fairly wooden as a lot of these fantasy type movies are so it really is a um uh, a difficult movie for me to to say did i love it no i didn't love it i mean i, I would give it a solid c plus uh and, and maybe an additional you know bump up to b minus for the graphics alone the the, the special effects the yeah, the, the motion animation and, and all of that uh, was absolutely fantastic. And, and you know, when a, a new version of that comes out, or I should say when the sequel inevitably comes out, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that the movie does well enough that it spawns uh, at least one or two sequels, then I'll be going to see them too because absolutely gorgeous to look at. Anyhow, that's uh, about enough of that. We are going to cover an issue of Thor today. Oh, imagine that. Yeah, talking about Thor and a Thor podcast. So let's do that and move on to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder. Indeed, and we are dipping back into the well of Thor Volume 2. It seems like it's been not that long since we covered the eighth day, but when you actually look back at it, it's been quite some time. It's, in fact, the last time we covered an an issue of Thor from Thor Volume 2 was something like uh, 11 months ago. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I mean, obviously, I was off for three months, but still, that's a long time. Anyhow, so we are going to uh, go back into uh, Thor Volume 2 for the next few weeks anyway. And this week, we are looking at The Mighty Thor number 21. Cover date is March of 2000. Cover art is by Johnny Romita Jr., inked by Claus Jansen. And the cover price was $1.99 U.S. and $2.99 in Canada because they always get the short end of the stick. Cover art shows the Mangog and he's looming up behind, uh, looking very, uh, the way I like him to look. I mean, it's a big oversized head, looks like he's going to topple over on his face. And standing in front of him with these crackling hands is none other than Thanos. And the cover blurb says, Thanos, Mangog, enough said. And we open up to the splash page, shows Thor whipping around his hammer. And we get a full page spread here. Uh, Don't get any credits quite yet. A nice stock shot here of Thor whipping his hammer around. Questions and intrigue perplex me beyond measure, says Thor. Now lest my anger erupt unchecked, tis answers I demand. So saith the god of thunder. 
so saith Thor. And he's whipping his hammer around. And he, he, this is taking a long time for him to summon up this Ajax White Tornado. And he sees an image of uh, Jake Olson. Uh, and this is referring to something that happened last issue. Jake Olson, he whose mortal life I claimed as my own, alive? Tis nigh unto impossible, yet twas him I most surely saw. Verily, I must journey into the heart of yon mystery. Oh yeah, that's, that's not subtle at all. To fabled Asgard, where almighty Odin or enigmatic Marnot might make sense of this puzzling affair. And just then, Jane and Hannah burst into the, uh, the, the rooftop here where he's getting ready to cut up. Jane Foster, Hannah Fairmount, thou hast knowledge ye wouldst impart? Enough to know that Jake doesn't need the Avengers on his back, says Hannah. No matter what my fiancé is accused of, he doesn't deserve the heavy-handedness of you super types. I beseech thee, calm thyself, mortal. Tis not my intention to... What did you do with him anyway? Throw him off the roof, says Hannah. <laughs> At that point, Thor stops whirling his hammer around. The Ajax white tornado goes away. May happen my haste. I did convey the wrong idea to thee. Tis not the intention of Thor to hand over thy beloved to the authorities. Listen to him, Hannah. He can trust him. I'm sure of it. You don't want to arrest him? Nay, milady. The crimes of which he stands accused aren't known to the Thunder God, and of those do I consider him innocent. You believe him? I, at least in part, says Thor. I've got to tell the police about this. When they hear an Avenger believes in Jake, then they will too. And Hannah goes running off, uh, apparently to go talk to the police. You really stepped in it this time, says Jane. You know Jake might be dirty. I beg thy pardon? Can't you see you're making things worse? Milady, remember to whom thou dost speak. Oh, don't hit me with that superior attitude of yours. Hannah believes in an honest-to-goodness Avenger just told her Jake Olson is innocent, and you and I both have our doubts. I sought to ease her troubled mind until proof of... Thor, there's videotaped evidence of this other Jake suffocating a police officer. He's in more trouble than ever. By the bristling beard of Odin... I had no knowledge of this. This business of a mortal life vexes me beyond reason. To Asgard, that the ire of Thor might be cooled with answers. Hey, you drag me into this mess, and I do not want to miss the final chapter. I'm coming too. And Jane jumps into the Ajax White Tornado. There's a giant facash as they vanish. And of course, then we have the credits Title of the story is As Turneth the Tide. Dan Jurgens was the writer. Johnny Romita Jr. was the penciler. Claus Jansen is the inker. Gregory Wright was the colors. R.S. and Comicrafts. Wes Abbott was the letterer. Tom Brevoort was the editor. And Bob Harris is the editor-in-chief. And we then shift scenes to the Rainbow Bridge. You get a nice, interesting angle here of the Rainbow Bridge as it connects to Asgard. It's, it's kind of cool how he drew it here. Uh, Johnny Romita Jr., he drew like the different colors of the rainbow veer off to different little roads, I guess, that lead into the city. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that before, and it's actually kind of cool. And so the two of them appear on the Rainbow Bridge. Jane is like, Wow, I've been here before when I was united with Lady Sif, and you were united with Don Blake. But I'd forgotten how beautiful and imposing Asgard is. Aye, says Thor. Across all existence, there be no other sight to equal this. 
How passing strange that faithful Heimdall, guardian of these eternal gates, hath not... And he hears a, a voice from behind him. Thor. And it's Heimdall. And he looks like he's been beaten up and he's just laying there in the bridge. By the thousand threats of Ragnarok, though he be beaten almost beyond recognition, tis Heimdall. What manner of monster, what heart of evil could do such a thing? You, you think we should leave, says Jane. Nay, says Thor. If forces of evil prowl the streets of Asgard, tis Thor, warrior born, who must take up arms. And he's all snarling about this uh, problem. And they go running into the city and they find that uh, everybody's been beat up and they're just laying around, strewn around in the streets and doors to the palace have been bashed open. See, uh, the warriors three are kind of bashed here unconscious. Stand thee well behind me, milady. Tis apparent danger lurks within yon gates. Who could possibly do this to Asgard? Mayhap the dark gods have returned to avenge their defeat at our hands. Whatever the threat, twould seem beyond all measure, for ne'er hath Asgard's defenders been defeated thus. Even the valiant warriors three aren't rendered unconscious. And he hears a voice from the rubble. Thor. Behold, a voice. And it turns out to be Sif uh, laying there in the rubble too. Sif, goddess of the hunt and once my betrothed. Thou art a healer, Jane. Attend her. And Sif is trying to communicate with him. Man. Rest, sister of Heimdall. Thine injuries require care. And she's you know, bleeding out her nose and mouth. And Jane starts to uh, give her you know, medical care, checking, checking her out. This is so weird. Like looking into a mirror. Even though it's been years since she and I shared one body. I don't think there's anything broken, but... says Sif. T'would seem she doth utter a warning. Aye, Odin, son. Warning thee of a threat that surpasses any thou hast ever known. Of impending death and doom beyond any ever conceived. That voice. Tis one I never thought to hear again. Tis thee. And Thor whirls around and we have a double page spread here. And it's Mangog. And Mangog looking very much like Kirby drew him in his first couple of appearances. So I like it. I, I will talk about this at the end, but I do like the way Mangog's portrayed here. Oi, Thunder God, Mangog. He was more than a living being, for Mangog carries the power of an entire race. And he smacks the ground with a bathoom. And things don't look good here. Knocks Thor flying. As always, the very sight of thee doth fill Mangog with unending rage. Such is the fury of those whose souls art inside me. Such is the wrath and all-consuming hate. And Thor uh, crashes into the wall with a crunk, knocks over a big old pillar, and Mangog is coming after him. The wrath and all-consuming hate of a billion, billion beings! Mighty though ye be, still shall the hammer of Thor vanquish thee as it has in the past, says Thor. And he uh, comes and attacks the Mangog with a wood, and he's smashing him, and uh, Mangog is hitting him back. Nay, godling, tis Mangog who is superior, who is thy master. And they're, they're fighting, and Mangog is taking out all these buildings, knocking down all the walls, and, and beautifully drawn here. Thine accursed father annihilated the race from which I come. A thousand worlds, a billion billion beings all gone. Their matchless power stored within me. Their restoration matters not, for thy kind is still loathsome to Mangog. Verily must both you and this golden travesty pay the price, 
and he brings down a wall on top of Thor. Jane is trying to get out of the way. He's trying to pick up Sif and Carrier. Come on, I'd better get you out of here. I think she, uh, don't Asgardians weigh like 400 pounds? I, I seem to recall something like about that. If thine intent is to draw the Odin sword from its sheath and usher in Ragnarok, thinkest thou again? And Thor whips his hammer around, smashes Mangog back. As thou hast fallen before, so shall ye fall today. Thy vision lacks scope, Asgardian. Powerful though Ragnarok might be, the goals of Mangog's master eclipse it by far. A master who even now doth deal with thine accursed father. And he smashes Thor into the ground. And we shift scenes uh, to, uh, it looks like, a place inside uh, Odin's palace. And we have uh, Terrakis, remember the, the sort of evil-looking vizier dude who's been attending Odin uh, in the last few issues. It's been a while since we've seen them, but he, he's definitely been in the series before. Come, an incapacitated Odin awaits thee, master. And he's leading somebody in a big brown and gray cloak sort of thing. We don't see who it is, but we know who it is because we've seen the cover of the book. He believed the daily potion I gave him would return his strength, when instead it hath left him helpless. Excellent, Tarakus. Speakest I desire, master. He cannot resist. The map of all ending, old man. Give it to me. Nay, says Odin. Its very existence is not to be discussed. Oh, thou art without choice, says Tarakus. I say thee nay, says Odin. Obviously, he's trying to resist all this. Amazing. No one hath ever shown such resistance. My eyes. Look at my eyes, says the characters in the, in the brown cloak. The map. The map of all ending, says Odin. I am unfit to possess it. And Tarakis is like, show us where it is hidden. And uh, Odin pops the lid off of his, the end of his scepter, which is not sexual or anything at all. Tis here. Tis yours, master. And the cloaked figure reaches out, grabs the map, pulls it out of the scepter, and unfolds it. And it's just like this big strip of, of paper, and it's got some squiggles on it. Not really a map, per se. It looks like there's writing or something. At last. Well, is it accurate? Will it take us to the designate? asks Tarakis. Indeed, Tarakis. First came the chalice of tears, now the map of all ending. Let the universe cower in fear, for Thanos now possesses the secret of life and death. And Thanos throws off the cloak, and we can see that it is in fact him, and get a, a full-page spread here of him. Thanos leans over Odin. You defeated me once. How fitting it was I who stripped you of your most precious possession. And Thanos reaches out, pushes Odin over, and pushes him down on the floor. And the two, uh, the Odin, or, uh, and the two of them, which is you know Thanos and Tarakis, go walking off and do a uh, uh, a glowing light, which I mean, it's very boom tubey. I have to say, very very dark side here. Come, Tarakis, there is much to be done. And they go off, and then we return to the fight between Mangog and Thor. And it looks like uh, Mangog is, is kind of taking the uh, lead here against Thor, smashing him around quite a bit. Thou art weak, 
Little more than an irritant to Mangog. Be gone! And he casts him aside, smashes into a building with a scrackham. And he then uh, notices Jane Foster is attending to Sif and uh, starts uh, uh, encroaching on her. Thou, thou art next. And starts kind of zooming towards her, big heavy footsteps. And uh, Thor gets up and he, he's not about to let that happen. I say thee nay, Mangog, says Thor. The god of thunder has not yet fallen. Thus, by the limitless power of my Uru Mallet, do I create a bolt of anti-force, powerful enough to shatter mountains. And he does the thing where, you know, there's like an energy beam shoots out of the, uh, the hammer, and it's all glowing white Kirby Crackle, and he smashes Mangog in the back with it, knocks him to his knees, and says, Bring thee to thy knees. And Mangog is like, Yorg! Now let ye fall for the final time, for honor, for glory. And he's lunging forward, getting ready to smash Mangog with his hammer. Mangog reaches out, punches him right in the gut, and he says, For naught, thou art but a yapping pup, an irritating insect should be crushed. And knocks Thor down, and it uh, looks like Thor's really, really beaten. It uh, looks like he might be unconscious or dead or something. And uh, Jane uh, notices she's all upset. Thor? Thy life is mine, Asgardian. Thanos and, and Tarrakis appear in a, in a globe behind Mangog, and uh, he tells him to stop. But master! There is much to be done, says Thanos. Total annihilation waits. This puny, frail god is of no consequence. Verily, I must protest. Don't. Come. And three of them go off into their glowing boom tube type thing and are gone. And another little portal opens up uh, right after they disappear. And it's Odin. And he's coming through like a little teleport uh, port here. My son, the blackest of days hath descended upon Asgard. Stand aside, my liege, that I might pursue Mangog. Suddenly, tis a danger far worse than Mangog which threatens us now. Rarely hath thy voice sounded so dire, so fearful. Once long ago... I whispered to thee of the Chalice of Tears and the map of the All-Ending. The artifact in the possession of Oracle, the map thou art sworn to protect with thy life, a task in which I did fail. The Chalice and map art now in the possession of Mangog and Thanos. Thanos, shouts Thor, by the thousand threats of Ragnarok, all existence stands threatened. And he's got this real wild look in his eyes. If thy words be true, there is but one road the god of thunder might take. All matters save the return of the map must be laid aside. Thor, whatever do you mean, says Jane. My mortal life may be permitted to interfere with the duties of Thor no longer. Thus I must hasten to Midgard, that Jake Olsen might surrender to the authorities and end his troubles and relationships forever. And, uh, yeah, so we get that last full-page spread here, Thor... Looking all angry and, and Odin and Jane in the background. And we get the To Be Continued in Thor Annual 2000. And that is Thor Volume 2, number 21, a.k.a. Thor number 523, from March of 2000. And, of course, I'm going to have a few words to say about that, but I'm going to do that right after this message. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. 
Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back. Of course, I have a few things to say about the issue. First of all, the art's great. Uh, I mean, it's not absolutely perfect, but it's really good. I really like the way that uh, J.R. Jr. is drawing the Mangog here. It really does harken back to his first couple of appearances where I really, really liked uh, the way that Kirby drew him. And uh, yeah, and he's drawn that way here too. Mangog being the servant of Thanos, I don't know if that really works for me. Uh, Mangog seems like the kind of uh, being that probably wouldn't bow down to Thanos so quickly. Um, so you know, one can only assume that either Thanos is way more powerful than Mangog, which I don't really know if that's true. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Thanos is pretty powerful and I'm really kind of out of it as far as, you know, how powerful Thanos is at this point. I, at this point, I'd been, you know, not reading comics for about four or five years. So, <laughs> but you know, at least uh, the, the Thanos that I remember uh, was probably not powerful enough to command the likes of Mangog. Uh, you know, Odin, I think, uh, gets defeated a little bit too easily. I mean, Odin is one of the, the most powerful people in the cosmos. So uh, I know he's probably still weakened from the, you know, the evil enchanters who came and, you know, wrecked havoc and all of that. But still, I, I think that uh, Odin is defeated rather too easily uh, for my tastes. Uh, but uh, generally speaking, I think the, the art is really good. Uh, the story is, is pretty good as well. I mean, it's setting up something quite nicely. And of course, we're going to see far more of Thanos in Thor comics as we get into the 90s and, uh, you know, in, in the early 2000s, especially as we get start getting into the extreme 90s stuff. Um, you're going to have things like the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity War and all that stuff, all of which Thor is heavily involved in. So we'll probably be covering a lot of that. So yeah, pretty good story, uh, good artwork, and a nice beginning to the story. Uh, I like how, uh, how Odin's been hiding this map inside his scepter all this time. We did see the, uh, the removal of the chalice from Oracle. That was a couple of issues ago, of course, almost a year ago now on the show. Yeah, so that, that's you know, the continuation, obviously, of that. Terracus, how obvious a villain is this? I mean, he's, he's got dark hair. He's got the sort of Klingon look and mustache and beard. He's got the sort of classically evil widow's peak haircut, the way that a lot of, of uh, 1960s villainous people do. So you kind of wonder how uh, the sinister looking guy got to be you know trusted uh, advisor to Odin. So, you, <laughs> I mean, just look at him. He's obviously evil. <laughs> Anyway, right, so that is about it. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, welcome back. It's great to be back, and hopefully we'll be back on our uh, regular schedule uh, as soon as possible. 
And with that, we are back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the invincible sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.